you for joining us via technology this morning. We're an interconnected web using the web to connect and worship together as we continue being a community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice and grow together in community. I'm glad we can be together this way and that you're here with me in spirit this morning. Wherever you may be coming from this morning, we welcome you. May this time together be filled with joy, with hope, with belonging, and with the promise who we can be together. I want to express my thanks to our team who is leading worship remotely, including those who won't be on camera. We have our worship associate, Camille pavlicek Fauser, our director of religious education, Colleen Taylor, our music director, Hal Walker, Renee Rahusky, our video usher, Evan Breeden, our technical host. We are a people who care for one another and value the connections we have with each other and with this community. It's time now to go into breakout rooms for a few minutes so you can say hello to one another and check in. right now when I smile with you Our hearts expand in the light of this room These eyes are widening eyes and I know this voice defines the cries of my soul My heart is truly beginning to bloom Let's open the windows and open Open the doors and notice this moment like never before. Break through the barriers and reach out a hand and offer a peace to a stranger or friend. We'll raise the whole building and rise up above to the part of us that feels and knows how to love. And we'll sing of the goodness and speak of the truth and the joy in our hearts will enlighten this room. No struggle no matter your pain there's a love right now it's bringing on a change so open your eyes and take in the view because right now I'm smiling with you right now I'm smiling right now I'm smiling right now I'm smiling with you Love grows right now when I smile with you. Our hearts expand in the light of this room. These eyes are widening eyes, and I know this voice defines the cries of my soul. My heart is true. My heart is truly beginning to bloom. In the frontispiece of her book, The Shelter of Each Other, psychologist Mary Pfeiffer, a fellow UU, quoted an Irish proverb. It is in the shelter of each other that the people live. These are trying times when physical isolation seems to prevent us from living in the shelter of one another. I am a counselor in the field of behavioral health care, 
where my colleagues and I have begun to meet with clients via telehealth services, seeing individuals on computer screens. I do mostly group work, and I'm still getting up to speed with helping individuals master the telehealth system so they can actually see each other. As one of my clients said, I just want everything to be back the way it was. I miss everyone. I'm all right mentally, and I'm trying not to let this get to me. I'm struggling. I'm not a good remote worker, and I miss everyone at my work and being at my place with them. I want and need to physically see people and engage with them. The sheltering in place order can sometimes even cause me to want and need less contact with my very own husband and adult daughter while yearning for hugs from our adult sons who are staying at a distance to protect us. What a conundrum. This is getting to me too. Later in her book, Dr. Pfeiffer states, to have a real life, people must participate in real community. People who live in virtual communities have virtual lives. But here we are this morning, virtually joining one another, doing our very best to have a real life, real community, missing the shelter of one another, while earnestly trying not to let this get to us. Columnist John Mualam writes that this slow, menacing spread of a virus is anxiety producing, but we must see all our efforts as part of a collective undertaking. We are coming together to keep our distance. And Mualam suggests that we can find meaning in the seemingly small acts of washing our hands, physically distancing, and sheltering in place. My hope is that these small acts will help us reflect on just how much we treasure our beloved community as we work to keep it safe. This is uncharted territory for all of us. We miss everyone. Let us reflect on how we come together as we keep our distance and live in the hope of once again physically sheltering one another. Come, let us worship together. We join Unitarian Universalists across the country in lighting a chalice, a symbol of sanctuary and safety, a sign of life's beauty and wonder, a symbol of peace and hope, an invitation to continue the ongoing search for the light of truth within us and among us, and a reminder that we are all interconnected in the great web of existence of which we are each a beloved part. Would you join me now in the covenant written by James Philip Lake? Love is the spirit of the church and service its law. Our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Hello, dear ones. I have a story for you. It's called The Lion's Whisker. Once upon a time, there was a great sickness in the land. During this time, many people were sick and some were sicker than others. And so families were staying home. And one particular family stayed home together. There were two dads and three kiddos. And this family was pretty close, as close as families go. 
and they always enjoyed being together. And when the sickness came, they saw a silver lining because they didn't have to go to work or to school and they could do all sorts of fun things together. The first few days were really fun. They slept in, they played board games, they ate all of their favorite foods, they got caught up on all their Netflix shows, they built a big fort of blankets and pillows in the living room, and they shared spooky stories together at night. But the excitement soon wore off. The Girl Scout cookies ran out. They had watched all of their favorite movies, and they played all of their favorite board games many times. The dog accidentally tore the fort apart and even ripped up one of their favorite pillows. The kids were tired of doing the same thing every day and they missed their friends at school. They missed their activities and their play dates. They just missed going places. They started to refuse to do their Google Classroom assignments and even broke one of the dad's favorite lamps in the living room by running. From there, it got worse. Oh, soon the children were fighting with each other and the dads found themselves fighting with each other too and yelling at the kids. Even the dog seemed bored and he just hid under the bed. One of the dads grew very concerned about how things were going. And so he decided that he needed to come up with a solution. They could not continue the way that they were going. So desperate for help, he got on Zoom and he messaged the village wise woman. She was a great healer. She was revered for her wisdom and her compassion. The dad poured out his tale of woe and frustration and anger and lack of ideas for what to do. And he asked the wise woman for a potion that would bring peace and loving happiness back to his family. The wise woman felt she had great compassion for the man, but she needed to think. Hmm. She got an idea. Before I can help you by making a potion, she said, there is something that you need to do. You must find a ferocious lion and bring me back one of its whiskers. Whoa, the man had no idea how to do this task, but he was determined to get that whisker because he needed that potion. He was desperate for peace to return to his family. So after thanking the wise woman, he got on the internet, did some research on lions and set out a plan. And that concludes part one of our story. So I wonder, dear ones, what plan would you come up with to get a whisker from a lion? What would you do? Put some answers in the chat box. Sing it to sleep, says Sarah. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> Music is very soothing. Well, you keep thinking of ideas, and we're going to be back for part two in a little bit. We take some time now in the spirit of deepening our connections and offering each other support and compassion as our life journeys as individuals and a community continues. Taking time to share our joys and concerns, our struggles and achievements, our hopes and dreams with one another, 
I invite you now to use the chat box to share your joys and concerns with one another and with me. So we hold in our hearts and thoughts, John and Marcia Jewett. Cheryl is joyful that her antibiotics are working and getting better. That's wonderful. Congratulations, Heidi, to being a grandmother. Jenny shares concerns about Denelson, who had a medical issue. Thinking about family out of time and friends with immunity issues. Let's pray for Charles' safety and good health as he travels. Let's hold up all family members who are dealing with mental illness, drug addiction, or homelessness. Oh, Benny, happy birthday to your pet gerbil. Congratulations to the birth of Rory Kenneth Schaefer. We hold Bonnie in our hearts and wish for her healing. Yay, Pop-Tarts. We hold in our hearts and send love to all the parents who are keeping kids 24-7 still working and, and hoping to keep them safe. For everyone who feels isolated, It's a warm day, we celebrate that. Ike misses his grandmother, the microwave broke at home. Concern for those who are still working at the office. Oh, happy birthday, Claudia. And there's optimism about a new relationship in these strange times. We have a cat, another cat's birthday coming up. We hold in our hearts Kim, who has cancer, whose sister is suffering with the virus. Thinking of friends, lots of reconnection via Zoom this week. Thank you for sharing all these joys and concerns, these moments of beauty and wonder in these strange times, the moments of worry, concern for others. Let's take a few moments now in silence to hold everyone we've named here in our hearts and our minds and to remember we are connected in mystery and miracle to one another and to life itself. The composer Paul Williams wrote these words I'm going to share with you. When you go out and see the empty streets, the empty stadiums, the empty train platforms, don't say to yourself, it looks like the end of the world. What you're seeing is love in action. What you're seeing in that negative space is how much we do care for each other, for our grandparents, for our immunocompromised siblings, for people we will never meet. People will lose jobs over this. Some will lose their businesses. Some will lose their lives. All the more reason to take a moment when you're out on your walk or on your way to the store or just watching the news, to look into the emptiness and marvel at all of that love. Let it fill you and sustain you. It isn't the end of the world. It is the most remarkable act of social solidarity we may ever When the waters are deep, friends carry me over. 
when I cry in my sleep. Love, call me home. Time, ferry me down the river. Friends, carry me safely over. Life, tend me on my journey. Love, call me home. When the waters are cold, friends carry me over. When I'm losing my hold, love, call me home. Time, ferry me down the river. Friends, carry me safely over. Life, tend me on my journey, love, call me home. Take the gift that I bring, friends, carry me over. Deep within me, life is singing, love, call me home. Time, ferry me down the river. Friends, carry me safely over. Life, tend me on my journey. Love, call me home. Life offers a chance for friends to carry us over. Time can stop or dance forever. Love, call me home. Time, ferry me down the river. Friends, carry me safely over. Life, tend me on my journey. Love, call me home. Before we get to part two of our story, we had some pretty great answers that popped up before um, that I missed. What would Benny do? He would go to the zoo and reach in with a really long pair of tweezers. The Curris family would ask nicely. Kailani says, build a whisker. Ike says, take a whisker from a stuffed lion. Birdie says, nothing. And you know what, Birdie, that, yeah. <laughs> Valerie also said, step one, get a big box. So let's see what, what the man will do. Part two. The father went home and packed some fresh steak and slowly climbed a nearby mountain to find the lion's den. As he climbed, he heard the lion roaring in the distance. He was nervous. Further up the mountain, he kept walking and walked closer and closer to the sound. When the roar sounded very close by, he left some meat in a clearing and hid in the bushes to watch. The lion came to the meat and sniffed the air before eating. He knew the man was there, but the meat smelled so good, so he gobbled it up. The next morning, the man brought another piece of meat, and the lion was asleep, or so he thought. So the man tiptoed over to put the meat near the lion's feet. The man hid again, but closer this time. The lion awoke and saw the meat and sniffed the air before he ate. 
and the next day the lion was wide awake when the man returned. The man showed himself to the lion, and the lion seemed to recognize him. He greeted the lion as he took out the meat and placed it in front of him. The lion ate slowly, watching the man the whole time. After a while, the lion allowed the man to approach. The man was even allowed to run his hands through the lion's mane. As the days passed, each day the man continued to climb the mountain and brought meat for the lion. He learned how to be near the lion, and he even learned what the lion really liked, which was to be scratched right behind the ear. At long last, the time came for the man to try for the whisker. The lion seemed to understand, turned his face gently towards him, and allowed the man to pluck a whisker. The man thanked the lion and went home, where he messaged the healer. He said, I have the whisker. Now, will you make the potion so that my family will have peace and happiness again? I'll do a porch drop. The wise woman responded kindly. You don't need a potion, she said. You have made friends with a lion. That's no easy feat. It takes great passion, compassion and patience to do something like that. Take what you have learned. Use this patience and bring it home to your family. So the man returned home. He practiced patience, compassion, and kindness with his family. He told them stories of how he made friends with a lion, and they even acted out those stories together. It wasn't always easy for them, but peace did return to their family. And each time that they began to feel the unrest, they would tell the story of the lion's whisker. And before long, they were roaring and laughing together again. And soon, the time came, the sickness passed, and the whole family was able to go out into the world again, together. So I ask you, my friends, what do you do to practice patience and kindness with each other at home? Can you put some answers in the chat box? Max says, breathe. Give each other space, says Ginny. Make jokes. Yes. Paint a room. Daily walks with the dogs. Do-overs. I have a lot of do-overs here at home, too. Go for a walk with a, deer, with a clear head. Ray Lynn says, we play games. Birdie says, hugs. Yes, hugs. Watch funny movies. Take a deep breath before speaking. Evian does art. Close your eyes. Oh, that's... Make your family's favorite foods. Joe watches movies together with her family. We go outside and watch the birds. Pet a cat. If they'll let you. Say hi to the neighbors. Cuddle with cats and hug a dog. And Iona says, we dance. Wonderful, friends. Kindness by Naomi Shahab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. 
what you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you. He too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness is the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is, the, it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. Even though I get out for a long walk with the dog every day and I talk with my neighbors occasionally, maintaining a healthy distance, the state of our world is still taking its toll. I confess I'm eating more than my usual ration of Girl Scout cookies any given day, and that now and then I snarl at the dog when she's busy barking at mail trucks or motorcycles or the mailman, or I miss seeing all of you on Sunday morning and during meetings in person. I feel sorrow as I watch the daily totals of infections and death from coronavirus continue to rise. Fear and worry and anxiety are lurking over my shoulder. But I'm doing everything I can to stay well, both physically and spiritually. My spiritual practices of being out in nature, meditation, reading, of listening to beautiful music are helping me through this time. I hope you are each taking good care of yourselves and have spiritual practices that are helping you as well. I'm also finding strength and inspiration from you and from sharing this journey with you. I'm proud of the way we've been reaching out and working together and caring for each other. I trust that we're going to get through this crisis and that we are learning things that will shape us as people and as a community for many years to come. Along with my spiritual practices, I take time often to reflect on who I want to be as my best self right now. I remind myself every day to practice patience and kindness, even though I don't have a lion to teach me, the dog's pretty helpful that way. I've also made it a daily practice to look for any words of hope, any stories of kindness and humanity at its best. Have you read or heard the words of Dr. Amy Acton, who is the Ohio Department of Health director? She wrote, I can tell you that I already envision a future that is full of hope. I've told you my story about how absolutely essential hope is, and I feel more hope than I've ever felt. I actually believe that life is not shutting down right now. Life is not shutting us down, although we're being quiet now, and we're making that physical distance. 
Life seems like it's shutting down, but I feel like life is waking us up. I see a vision of a future that is brighter than we have known. I say that from all my heart. I just know it in my heart and soul. She goes on to say, so please, don't feel like this is pulling us apart. I believe this is drawing us to each other and bonding us to each other, but it will have to be all of us. All of us following the directions the governor is laying out to go into this battle and make these sacrifices. We will be with you every step of the way, and we will continue to share everything as we know it. And I do see, I do see us on the other side. Please help us. Thank you. I read these words regularly to remind me that this crisis is actually drawing us closer to each other and that we will emerge with deeper relationships with one another. I also saw a song on Facebook this last week, and I've listened to it again and again to remind me what to do. The song was written by Shana Taub, and here are some of the lyrics. When nothing turns out quite the way we thought, on the heaviest day, on the bitterest night, at our bravest and our weakest, our worst and our best. When life makes it hard to keep chasing our dreams, when we don't have a clue what the future holds, still I will love. Still I will love. Song is especially beautiful because the video has a person communicating the song with sign language. And the movement of the interpreter is, as many have described it, sheer poetry, emotion. It captures these difficult times where we don't have a clue what the future holds. When circumstances are bringing out both, both our worst and our best. When nothing is turning out quite the way we thought it would. We are in a time of what poet Naomi Shihab Nye names deepest sorrow. And the reality is that we can't control what's happening out there in the world with the virus beyond good self-care and physical distance to slow its spread. What we can control right now is how we respond and how we treat others. We can choose despair or hope. We can choose selfishness or the deepest kindness that brings hope to others. We can choose how we will be in every moment. For me, I will do my best to be patient and compassionate, to make choices that bring the most joy, the most kindness, the most healing to myself, to you, and to the world. Still, I will love. What will you choose? Al, could we have a few moments of your beautiful music for reflection?
Benedict Lovely once said, let there be an offering to sustain and strengthen this place, which is sacred to so many of us, a community of memory and hope, for we are now the keepers of a dream. The dream of this congregation, the UU Church of Kent, and its mission and vision thrive because each of you so generously gives of your time, your talents and gifts, and your money. In spite of the need for physical distancing, we are able to be a community and be together virtually for worship, for community, for shared ministry. Our staff is able to continue leading our shared life, and we have even been able to upgrade Zoom's capacity to keep connected because of your continuing generosity. Thank you. In the spirit of gratitude for the gift of one another in this community, and in celebration of our abundance, let us now give and receive the offering as a sign of our shared commitment to the life and work of this community. night still I will love still I will love when I'm tired and hungry and weary in a fight still I will love still I will love as we change and we grow as we ripen and rot still I will love still I will love when nothing turns out quite the way that we thought Still I will love, still I will love you. When I'm scared to lay bare all the pain in my chest, still I will love, still I will love at our bravest and weakest, our worst and our best. Still I will love, still I will love all our hair and our teeth and our minds still I will love still I will love when the scenery falls and I mess up my lines still I will love still I will love I make a promise I make a vow to myself to you tear us apart at the seams when life makes it hard to keep chasing our dreams when we're messy and weepy and feeble and old when we don't have a clue what the future will hold still i will love still i will love still i will love still i will Thank you once again for joining us this morning virtually. Would you join me now in extinguishing the chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. May we carry these in our hearts and in our minds until we are together again. Now I invite you to join us for our virtual coffee hour. After the service, we can chat more with one another. I offer you these words by Shana Taub. When nothing turns out quite the way we thought, on the heaviest day, on the bitterest night, 
at our bravest and our weakest, our worst and our best. When life makes it hard to keep chasing our dreams, when we don't have a clue what the future holds, still we will love, still we will love. And now, even though we don't know what the future holds and there will be heavy days and bitter nights, let us still love. Go forth now in hope and in peace to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen. And I see the light.